Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Steve, my good man, how the devil are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm wonderful, my friend. Wonderful. I'm pretty bored of hearing about dead royals, but aside from that, I'm doing very well. Um, yes, I don't... Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Very sad. Don't get me wrong. Very sad that someone's lost their husband, grandfather, father. Very, very sad. Yes. Yeah, exactly. He's like, but there's other news in the world. So we're going to talk about the other news, Steve. Let's not be as every other Brit is being right now in the world and talk about nothing but the royal family who we have literally no idea about whatsoever. But that's a story for another day. Ignoring the royal family. MotoGP, Steve, that's what we're here to talk about, my friend. Shall we just go and dive straight into the show today? Because we've got some pretty exciting news. Let's go for it, mate. Good stuff. So I'm Tim, he's Steve, and this is for the love of MotoGP. So, Steve, he's back this week. We're going to see him on track once more. We are, mate. And how long have we waited for this? Too long quite more than nine months since mark marquez has been on track um scary it's it's been a long time man and i cannot i'm so so excited don't get me wrong last year was great and a lot of it was because he wasn't there a lot of the fact last year was as good as it was is because mark marquez wasn't there but i'm ready to have him back now and i don't think i'm the only one mate i think there's a lot of people in the world i'm throwing my pen around but i think there's a lot of people in the world that are quite excited to see him back on track Exactly. It's, it's, it's going to add another element of what the hell. You know, if if he'd just been out, let's say he had a battle of the flu and he battled back through it and he'd been out for a race or two, maybe three, you know, he's going to be race fit. But this guy's had a massive injury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had some awesome racing because he wasn't there last year. And now we've got this complete unknown of what is he going to be like? What's he going to be able to do? And, you know, come Friday, Thursday, even when we get the press conferences coming out, it's going to be dominated by him. Yeah, exactly. I just can't wait. I just cannot wait. Thursday cannot come quick enough. I'm just really looking forward to seeing him back on track, man. And and just seeing, because I'm expecting him to be fast. Am I expecting him to go out and win the race? No, probably not. But not because he's not capable of doing so, but it's more because he hasn't ridden competitively in more than nine months. So that's a long time to be away from things. But I just, I'm, so, I'm just so excited, so excited. What are you expecting from him, Steve, coming into it? I think we're going to see a very tentative Friday. Um, you know, like you say, he's been off of that bike for a long time. That bike's changed. He's got to get himself race fit or race ready, up to speed. Um, I think we could see see him try to put down some quick laps. 
some very quick laps. Um, but I think Friday's going to be a big, big learning curve for him. He's got to go back to basics. Um, I don't, he, he's not going to come out of the blocks, I don't think, and win the race. He's going to try. I think he will try. Um, and like all over social media, people are arguing like crazy. What is he going to do? Some people are saying, you're nuts if you think he's going to come back and he's going to dominate. He's not. He's been off that bike for so long. And like you said in um, a previous podcast, there's a quote from a famous writer. I can't, I can't remember if he Kevin said it. Swans, Swans, wasn't it? Uh, Swans. If you're out for a month, that's two months off yeah. your bike. But the thing is with Mark Marquez as well is we've seen him take extended periods off before. Like you've got to think in his Moto2 era, he had that eye injury where he thought his career was over and then he just came back and smashed it all. He's had uh, in, I think, one, two, fives, he had a broken arm and just came back and smashed it from then as well. So he's he, he's been out for extended periods and come back and just smashed whatever class he's in. I don't know if he can do that again in MotoGP though. Like it seems like... I don't think so. Yeah, talent can get you everywhere, and let's and Mark Marquez is a very hard worker as as well as very talented. Um, but talent can arguably get you through those kind of things in Moto three or one two fives as it was, and in and in Moto two. But in MotoGP, I don't know if that's enough, and I think the race fitness is what's going to affect him because although he is still a fucking fine specimen specimen of a man, Steve, especially compared to you and I here. We are literally just sitting on our asses and talking about MotoGP, whereas he's thinking about it all the time and working out for it all the time. But he's not, he can't be race fit, can he? No, I don't think so. Um, just that injury alone. I mean, um, let's use an analogy. Sarah plays football, right? She's had months and months of hell treatments and she's now getting herself ready to go back to football she's running doing sport and then she goes football training and comes back knackered because it's a different kind of thing yeah and it's exactly the same in my eyes um as motorcycling that's it Um, and and you've got to think and for what sarah is playing in, in an amateur football tournament or in an amateur league for example like this isn't their entire life, whereas the guys who are competing professionally here, their entire life is being fit enough to do this, to do their job. And yeah. Marquez just hasn't, he's been out, like we say, for nine months, man. Even if he's been hitting the gym all the time, he's not ridden a MotoGP bike in that time. And it's just like you say, it's a different beast. You can train all you like, but until you're actually competing, you don't know. No, you could train on... The the Honda replica MotoGP bike that has now been released, but it's not a MotoGP bike. It's a different thing entirely. Exactly. Uh, Anything that I can legally ride on the road is is nothing compared to a MotoGP bike. No, no. Christ, if everyone could get their hands on a MotoGP bike, the road world roads would be lethal. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, lethal for the first two years, and then basically empty after that. Yeah, um, sales of everything will go right down because we'll all be injured. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm expecting a very tentative weekend for him from him. Um, I'd love to see him do something phenomenal. I just, I just don't, can't, can't see it. I can't bring myself to say that he's going to win this race or be on the podium. What do you think will be a, a good solid result? A good, solid result, I think, will be a top eight. I think an outstanding weekend will be a top five. 
Yeah, that seems fair. It's funny, isn't it? And I know we've, and actually it's interesting because you and I have discussed this before. I, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or off the podcast, but I remember before saying to you that I thought a top 15 would be a great result for him. But the closer it's getting, the more I'm like, nah, I'd be a bit disappointed if it's a top 15. I'm like, a top six is what I'm expecting if it's not a top six. And it's ridiculous because I'm now in my head, I'm like, if it's not a top six, I'm going to be disappointed with his return. But a top six is still fucking great for a guy that's not been there for for nine months. Like he's he, And he's had no input on the development of this bike. That's going to be another really interesting point. What's he going to say about the bike? The bike that was a fucking nightmare to ride for everyone except him. And he could, he was, I mean, for the one race we saw him in, the fastest guy in the field without a doubt, but inconsistent and crashy. Yeah, very crashy. Um I think he'll get to the grips with the bike. What's changed to the bike quite well. Um, we know from like um, when we spoke to people before, they said just how good he is at adapting to any piece of machinery that is given to him. Um, you know, like when we spoke to Fabio, he said, you can't give him a part to test because he'll just make it work. Yeah. It might not work for anyone else, but he will make that work. He's that good a rider. So I think he's going to get to grips with the changes that have happened to the bike fairly quickly and fairly well. And he'll adapt himself. He'll adapt the bike in its current state to suit whatever he needs. Yeah. And um, I mean, arguably, everyone has been saying that the Honda is an easier bike now to ride, that the development has been led by, I mean, Taka Nakagami, Cal Crutchlow, Stefan Bradl, hmm. uh, Alex Marquez even's probably had an input. And, and they're all saying it's an easier bike to ride than it was at the beginning of 2019. And now they're giving Mark Marquez, who's arguably the greatest motorcycle rider of all time, an easier bike to ride than he had last year and the year before that. Like, I, I just am starting to get the impression and the feeling that he's wrapped this championship up already. Like, I'm it sort kind of, of expecting him to just go out and win it now. Yeah, if you, if you give that man an easier bike to ride, he's going to come in and laugh at you all day long. But then let's play devil's advocate. That's not his style. His style is balls to the wall, getting that thing like his shapes, getting it out of control. You give him a comfortable bike and he might not like it. He might not like it, but maybe his balls to the wall style has only been because that's the way to get the maximum speed out of the bike. If you give him a Yamaha, maybe he'd become a Jorge Lorenzo and he'd just be silky smooth around all the corners. Like, I don't know, man. I'm so excited to see it now. It's one of these things, isn't it? That I just, I'm going to be very disappointed when this season's over. And if Marquez comes back and just goes on a tear and wins the next four or whatever, which I think is highly unlikely, but if he does, by the end of it, I'll be like, oh, fuck off, Mark. Go get injured again. I don't mean that. I don't want him to get injured again. But I'm just, at this point in time, I'm very excited to see it because it's a world of unknowns. Exactly. I'd like to see him just slot in nicely at the pointy end with everything else that's going on and not be that runaway leader. Mm, that's uh, exactly it, isn't it? I'm I'm very happy for him to come back and win the title, as long as it's a battle. Yeah, that's it. We've not we've seen Marcus get beat before. 2015, you know, didn't win it. Um, I just want to see him really scrapping, proper scrapping. We've seen some awesome racing last year. Let's carry that on. Let's get him in the mix. Don't injure him again or injure himself. Um, but let's get some. Let's keep these proper good scraps going and this good racing. Yeah, exactly. And I think the fact that he's in a deficit start to start the season is going to be exciting too. Because I still think he's one of the favourites. I do. I, I think. I think we were, you and I were both silly not to pick him as, as our favourite prediction at the start of the year. Um, I think he's one of the favourites. But the fact he's in a forty-point hole to Zarco and you know thirty-six-point hole to the two Yamahas, 
is good because it does mean he's got some catching up to do. I think he can still do it. Oh, easily, mate. Easily. Uh, the race did a really good article about if you took from the last like 20 years of champions, if you removed the champions first two race results, what happens? And something like uh, in 85% of the time, the same champion still wins. Like they exactly. don't really need those first two results. And you've just got to look at 2019. Mark won by like 150 points. Like he had six wins just in the bag. He could have done like two thirds of the season and then just fucked off and still been fine. Yeah, just go on holiday. I'm just going to sit this one out, lads. Yeah, so got this one. He's certainly got it in him, but it's going to be so exciting to see him back on track, mate. I can't wait. And I think it's funny as well because we've said it before, uh, again on the show, and you and I have said this just like in passing um that i'm almost going to become a mark marquez fan for a few weeks and i've never been a marquez hater but i've never been a big marquez fanboy either but i'm going to become a bit of a fanboy for the next few weeks because i'm pretty excited about seeing him man and i think a lot of the world is like that all the people that hated seeing him win over and over again kind of the same people that hate seeing lewis hamilton win constantly or mercedes win constantly in, in formula one are now getting behind this idea of like, oh, he's going to come back. It's going to be great. So I think, and we've said it again before, it's going to do wonders for his popularity, this comeback. Wonders. Oh, absolutely. If he comes back and wins this championship this year, that's it. Cemented his place as a GOAT. Absolutely. Unequivocally, no one's going to argue it. He is a GOAT. Well, he matches Rossi if he wins this year, remember? Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. One more. One more. Um, oh, it's just going to be fabulous uh, to, uh, like you say becoming a full fanboy I was even on the MotoGP store the other day um, looking at Marquez shirts I to be fair I quite often go on the MotoGP store just because they send emails and I can't help but click an email link on one of them um, which is why I've got so many viruses on my computer no no it's not um, <laughs> those other sites you look at mate <clears throat> yeah exactly this is why I tell Sheree I, Sheree I swear I can't help it if I get an email I just click the link sexy Asians in your area I can't help it it's just a link that I click Sheree please don't blame me for this <laughs> um it's, no it's <laughs> but yes i sometimes look at the moto gp store and then i realize i don't have enough money to afford official moto gp merch <laughs> i know it's pricey it's um, so expensive man it's so expensive i'm like here in my jeans that i've been sewing patches on for the last year to try and eke out another few months from them like i can't afford to go and drop a shitload of money on moto gp merch you've yeah. just made something squeak that was weird um it's a monkey I did not realise there is a monkey right next to me. One of the boys' squeaky little toys has made its way next to me. <laughs> there we go. Part of me is a little bit sad that you specified it was a toy because I still couldn't see it. I just heard a squeak, saw you look shocked, and then you told me it was a monkey. So what the fuck has been going on in your house, mate? <laughs> just imported a few things. A <laughs> <laughs> little sideline business they got going on here. <laughs> God. I didn't realise that. Fucking scared the shit out of me. I didn't realise that was there. You did look a little surprised, to be fair. Just put my hand down. I was like, squeak. <laughs> um, but yes, we've got... Mark Marquez is coming back. And I think, or even though I know a, a top 10, top 15 even, is going to be a really good result for him, I'm going to be disappointed if he doesn't get a podium. Yeah, I think we all are. Let's do a predictor. Where do you think he's going to come? Oh, fuck. Fuck. Um, Come on, let's put a number on it and we'll see who gets closest. 
where do I think he's gonna come? I th- the, it, it'd be easier if this wasn't fucking uh, Portimao. If it's a track he'd been to before, it would be easier. I, I don't think he's gonna win the race, no matter what. Um, no, just because I, I'm pretty convinced Oliveira is just gonna go out and go on a tear and win it. But where do I think he's going to come? I um, I'm still stalling because I really don't. Fifth, fifth place, Steve. That's where I'm calling it. Fifth, jot that down. I'm going eighth. You're going eighth. Okay, I've got that jotted down. We'll uh, add those to our predictions at the end of the show. Oh, it's going to be great, mate. Can't wait for I'm it. I'm loving it. Cannot wait. Weekend cannot come quick enough to the point where I'm even considering booking Friday off. <laughs> uh, right, Steve, let's move on to our next piece of news. And I was once told that uh, the best way to deliver bad news is to put it in a shit sandwich. So you have good news, yeah. bad news, good news. In fact, it might have been you that told me this, Steve, and it might have been on the show. So I'm following Standard your advice. Standard uh, managerial process. Yeah. Um, in fact, the more I think about it, I'm quite convinced it was you that taught me this. Um, so, Steve, let's talk briefly about the Lombok circuit in Indonesia. Um, reports have come out from the UN, being the United Nations, condemning the construction of the Lombok circuit and urging Dorna to do something about their participation in this. And this seems to be because... Uh, the Indonesian government uh, and the contractors involved in building this circuit, and it's not just going to be a circuit, is it? It's the the circuit is going to be a part of it, um, and almost a street circuit around the track, but it's a whole purpose-built entertainment area. There's going to be hotels, restaurants, a holiday resort, water parks. The full shebang is going on in here. It will be similar, I imagine, to Sochi in Russia, um, yeah. that circuit. Um, but to make way for this circuit, people are being forcibly displaced from their homes. They're not being paid anything. They're just being told, you fucking leave now. We're bulldozing the lot. Take what you can. You've got four minutes. Go. I don't know if that's exactly, that was me uh, making up a quote there. We don't know there being even four minutes, but we do know all of this is going on. Um, Yeah. And I was pretty upset to find out this is happening, obviously, because we all know I'm a bit of a softy when it comes to these things. Um, we also all know I don't really trust governments, Steve. I'm not really a government kind of guy. Does anyone? Well, I don't know. I sort of think most of us do, and really, I'm getting pretty on board with the whole anarchism idea. Maybe governments just aren't worth it. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, I like a bit of anarchy. Exactly. So let's all just become anarchists. Maybe we should change the name. It's the Anarchist MotoGP podcast. Now, maybe it's not. I feel like there's probably enough of you listening that are are not on board with anarchism. Um, But it's an interesting thing to look into. So maybe do some reading um, or not. That's up to you too. I'm not here here to to tell you how to live your lives. I'm here to talk about MotoGP. Um, But Dorna have refused to comment, haven't they, on this? Uh, I know the race reached out to them for comment and they've ignored it. And on the MotoGP website, there's nothing. But it's being reported everywhere else. Yeah, literally all over the world. This is being sort of made public now. Um, I think Dorna have got to react. You know, it's, um, it's an atrocity. You don't displace people uh, from their homes without help. Mm, quite well so this, i mean if it's up to me you don't displace people from their fucking homes at all if they don't want to sell you their home you're tough shit you can't have it but yeah <laughs> it's being done you know if if you approach people you say you approach a street of people and say right we're going to do this um we'd like to buy your property 
we will offer you this and you've got to give them you've got to make it tantalizing for them to take the offer and when these um, things happen you normally get two or three times what your property is worth if this was to happen yeah. in the uk you'd get a big sum more than your property is worth um yeah people will make it worth your while um but just to kick people out that's a fucking dick move and we, it's not like we haven't seen it before um, no. we saw this in the Beijing Olympics we've seen this um, very recently there was talk of a new racetrack being built in Brazil um, and that was going to be a very similar thing and they were going to be cutting down swathes of the Amazon for it as well um, so it's not like Indonesia are the first country to be doing this but I sort of feel like I don't know and actually now I think about it I'm wrong I was going to say I sort of feel like MOGP has quite a clean image to the world but of course it doesn't does it they're, we have races in Qatar um, they're talking to Saudi Arabia for a race so obviously mm. there are human rights issues going on across the board here um, you can probably thank Adriano in the Facebook group here for opening my eyes to all of this because he has just he very kindly sent me the um, links before and now i haven't been able to do anything but read about human rights abuses going on around the world so uh thanks yeah, for there's that. a lot of them I, I feel like if you're gonna if you know lombok I, I don't know much about that area but to me if you're gonna build this kind of thing this is obviously a massive massive complex that's going to be built it's going to be a big big area pick somewhere that is disused there's always areas of cities that needs regeneration um pick a spot and make it so, mm. you know, there's find a place which needs dozing, which is disused. Um, it's close, still close to the city. You could put roads in for Christ's sake. Yeah. You give places access and let's regenerate that area. Yeah. Let's not move people away. I can name you hundreds of sites like around the UK that we could go to if you wanted to do this style of thing that would take take to this method beautifully you could regenerate an entire region of a city and offer people uh, offer people jobs um em employment um housing all sorts mm, you yeah. could but to be fair the whole and this isn't to be fair as a defense for anyone at all but the the area we're talking about isn't just the racetrack is it it's the entire resort so it's a massive massive area um and it is huge. It's it not be... just like building a racetrack on an on old industrial estate. It's from the ground up. The whole thing is changing. Oh, yeah. I refuse to believe there isn't areas that need it. Even mm. if you took these people away and said, right, look, we'll develop this area around here and we will relocate you still on site. You'll get your property back, but you have to pay a percentage back. You know? Give them incentive. You're going to get a brand new property, but you have to pay. It it would have to be a fraction. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you get something back in return to be part of this development. You know, make it worth everyone's while and offer them employment there if they haven't got jobs. Offer them employment. Yeah, or... that's sort of the point, isn't it? Like you, you kind of got to be helping people out here, especially somewhere like Indonesia, where we know poverty is is such a huge problem anyway. Hmm. Um, you know, with the world we live in at the minute, we're moving forward. There's more and more of us getting in this world. You know, the backs have to be scratched. You can't just chuck someone out for the benefit of others. Mm, exactly. But sadly, it is something that's happening all of the time. And I just, I don't know, I kind of, I want to talk about it because these are the kind of things I like to talk about, Steve. You know that. 
Um, but I also think that as uh, the the MotoGP podcast that we have, we kind of have a responsibility to just let everyone know that this is going on. And, and am Absolutely. I going to refuse to watch the Indonesia race because of this? Honestly, while I'd like to say yes because I'm a moral crusader, no, I'm probably not going to refuse to watch it. I'm still going to watch the race. I'm probably still going to enjoy the race. And to be honest, I might forget this is happening. But that's a problem with us as human beings and as society as a whole is we are very quick to forget these issues. And I am fully complicit in this. I understand this. This is a problem with me as much as it is with everyone else. But I also don't have the power to stop this. Just by me not watching it yeah if everyone could get together and not watch it that would be a fucking result we could all do it together but by me not watching it is going to make very little difference in the long run we're relying on on the big powers here the governments for example clearly not working in this scenario the the organizations dorna i kind of expect more from dorna on this but why would i expect more from dorna on that they're just another money making uh, right. monster aren't but, they but we as a collective group of MotoGP fans we could make a difference let's say it comes to the Friday and no one watches. Mm. You know, it's no different to a protest. It'll just be a silent protest. Yeah. Everyone turns around and says, right, we're boycotting this weekend because of this human rights infringement in our eyes. And we call, oh, there'll still be some people watch it. Um, but, you know, the ones that would side with you have your back. So everyone turns around and says, right, we're not watching just because of this. But how many millions of eyes would you need to do it, man? Like, you'd need so many people just to be like, no, we're not going to watch it then, for it to even make a dent. Even if the entire listenership of this podcast, and I'm not even suggesting this, I wouldn't ask any of you to do this, but even if, if everyone got on board and everyone's like, no, we're not going to watch it, the, the TV ratings wouldn't even notice. wouldn't make a, no. a difference at all. So I don't no. know. It's kind of the thing that unless we all just get together and email Dorna and just be like, what the fuck, guys? It's going to go ahead, it's going to happen, and the world's going to forget about it, and we'll all watch the race, and we'll all watch the race in the back of our minds, knowing this is going on, but we'll all be a bit more excited about the fact that, you know, there's a last lap kind of battle for the win. We, we will all watch it, but that, like you say, we're human beings. That's yeah. what we do. Yeah, exactly. Um Let's move on, Sh Steve, let's shall we? Let's go on to a brighter subject. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll move on to, and I don't obviously I don't want to make light of this, but uh, of all of the people losing their homes, but we are going to move on because otherwise I'll just end up a crying mess in the corner and I've not got enough beer in front of me to be dealing with that today. <laughs> I've got um, enough issues to give you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to the Dovi Aprilia test, shall we? Let's do it. MotoGP have been or MotoGP.com showed some pictures in they of the uh, mm. uh, of Dovi in the Aprilia setup, and I mean he's not in a properly liveried up set, is he? He's got his black leathers on. There's some streaks of red up there. He's got his Red Bull helmet on. Um, I quite enjoyed the fact that his the bike he was riding had his uh, white and dark horse logo just on the front yeah. there in the middle of the wings, um, but it looked weird knowing that that was Dovi. And knowing that that wasn't a Ducati. Yeah, it's a little, little strange. Mm. Uh, I was very excited to see this. I did see a lot of reports that there was a complete media lockdown around Jerez. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely no one allowed in. Completely behind closed doors. So when the pictures started coming out, I was like, ooh. And he seems to look good. And initial reports from him seem pretty damn good well have you what have you heard from him because the only thing i've seen that's quoted him at all is that gp1 article 
um, mm. saying that... Pinch uh, of salt. Yeah, quite, exactly. That's how I... I I'm all for people making a career out of any form of journalism, especially from anyone who has managed to make a career out of talking about motorbike racing, because let's be fair, wouldn't that be great if we could all do that? But so for <laughs> those who have done it, fair enough to them. But GP1 are not a source that I trust uh, with anything that, that they put out, but they are the only people I've seen reporting uh, a quote from Dovi on this at all. Yeah, and that quote was, it's an easy bike to ride. Yeah, exactly, and that was it. Um, That's it. That is the one snippet. And how they got that, Christ only knows, because like you said, complete media lockdown. Yeah, but it wouldn't take much, would it, to be fair? If you're a journalist, you're friends with someone in the Aprilia garage, and the, that person was talking to Dovi. Like, I think you could get a quote easily enough. And we do also know that like Formula E testing and stuff's going on there, so there is other stuff going on at Hareth as well. There's bound to be stuff gets leaked out eventually. It's going to squirrel its way out. It always will. Yeah. You know, Chinese whispers, you know, we've all seen Ali G movie, what that's like. I um, have to be honest, actually, I've not seen an Ali G movie. Jesus, watch one. It's hilarious. I really cannot stand the man, honestly. I don't, I really, while I quite like Sasha Baron Cohen as he is, if you've ever seen an interview with him just as he is, I think he's pretty funny. But I just don't like his films. I don't really like any of it. I don't find any of it funny at all. It just cringes me out, really. Ali G is about the only one I could watch. I tried watching Borat, and I just couldn't just couldn't stomach it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's how I feel about all of it. I'm just like, nah, I yeah. don't want to do this. <laughs> I could only stand Ali G because I was sort of that, that was kind of in my youth on the telly at the time. Okay, so it was kind of a thing, um, and it's just little snippets in it that absolutely crack me up <laughs> um you know so uh, yeah is what it is the rest of his stuff absolutely no way yeah i'm not feeling it really although part of me wants to see the second borat film just because of that thing with the uh the new york mayor yeah so, is he a mayor or a lawyer or i think it's a mayor isn't it oh, I, don't I can't know. remember yeah. I've had. anyway i went to the cinema to watch the first one and there was a certain scene in there and, and people started getting up and walking out and throwing things at the screen Really? Yeah. God, yeah. what was it? What what um, what bit? Uh, the stoning of the Jews, oh, or the yeah. running of the Jews. Yeah, I remember. Did, the the, did people really get up and throw things at the screen in the cinema? Yeah, mate. That's amazing. What cinema was this? Norwich. No, was it? Yeah, in was the it? in the Odeon Riverside. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Sit at the back. It's just like all these people started getting up. I was like, whoa, hang on, what's going on here? Just the old of... Norwich has got a moral backbone all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, gone so much better. Even I sat there. I was like, what's a bit close to the border? Um, but yes, these people. I think it was about eight of them in total. Just wow. got up and like you see popcorn, drinks. I was like, whoa. Easy that, now. That's amazing. And all the time, the film studio is just laughing because that person's been in there for more than 30 minutes, so they've already made their money. Exactly. You've paid for your ticket, uh, you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but back to Dovi anyway. Um, we know that he, apparently he said it's an easy bike to ride, and all we really know from the first day is that he's just he was just doing a load of short runs. Um, yeah. Just to set up the ergonomics on the bike. We know nothing from the second day. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I did see a little tweet going around earlier on that his test might get cut short because the weather's forecast to change. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, so that's with someone who's out there uh, just saying that, you know, the forecast is like 8% rain, heavy rain, so it could become a two-day test, not three. 
Okay. Um, so I was reading some reports as well that uh, this might lead to a test in Mugello. Um, yes, there could be a second test. So, you know, I don't know when that's due to be. Um, I don't think... I did hear the same thing, but I don't think there's been any kind of confirmation yet of when it would be. Okay, so I wonder whether the weather would make it more likely that he'd be doing a second test somewhere else. I think so. I think it could be fairly soon as well. Um, yeah, you'd imagine so. All right, there are a couple of other little rumours flying around that the deal has already done. Yeah, so you put me onto this one, Steve, from Naomoto News, who I'd never heard of before, I'd and I couldn't find either. anything except their Facebook page. Um, I couldn't find a website, I couldn't find anything else linked to them. If any of you guys listening know anything about these guys, please do let us know. Um, We'll give contact details at the end of the show, or you can come join our Facebook group and you can let us know in there. Um, but yeah, all I could find for these guys were they're a Facebook group. And this was just a, a post that they put in there. There was no links, no evidence, no nothing. No. But it was um, a report that Savadori will be replaced at Portimao due to injury. Um, oh. It also didn't say who was going to replace him. I mean, no. if, if, if Savadori's out at this point, I think we all know who the smart money's on. Exactly. Um, we know Smith he... on the bike. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we do know Salvador is carrying an injury. Yeah, um, so bits of it pieced together make sense. Dobby's tested, Salvador is injured. We know a brilliant our oh, dicks when it comes to contracts mm-hmm. um, would slot in with their previous uh, sackings of people quite nicely. Yeah, exactly. They've got a body would... of work here, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. They are very focused on going forward and what is best for Aprilia, not for the people they already have under their employment. It's funny, Um, though, isn't it? Because if I was the Aprilia boss now, this is one of the first times I'd be all behind it. I'd be like, yes, this is the right move. Because I do think this is the right move. If this does happen, if they have to say, I'm sorry, Salvadori, you're out, we're bringing Dovi in, I think it's the right move. And I think it's one of the first times... They've made the right move. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, Salvadori injured has come through a Superbike Championship. Um, has only had a few races. And you've got the opportunity to get a multi-time runner-up in MotoGP with a vast wealth of experience on your bike. On uh, multiple manufacturers. Like, yeah. he's, he's won for across, oh, I don't know, when did he take his first win? More than a decade he's had wins for. Yeah, um, so, and you've got the opportunity to get this guy on a seat, take it. Yeah. I think you've got, this is probably the one time I would agree with them. And, you know, I've made my feelings about what I've pretty have done to people in the past very clear. Yeah, um, and it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I feel like, although I sort of agree with their move, if this was to happen, I'd sort of be like, maybe this is the right move. The other part of me is like, but you've been such dickheads pulling this move off over and over again, and it always being a bad bad decision and maybe the right decision for performance purposes but just a terrible like hr decision like a personnel decision that i can't really get behind this one fully as a good idea because i still feel like it's just a prillia being a prillia yeah yeah they reminded me (laughs) not off topic um but they really reminded me of enzo the other day prillia reminded you of your four-year-old son is he even four yeah He's uh, four in September. Oh, that was close. Three and a half year old son. Yeah, who basically was like stood in front of the telly and kids' TV now is like all adverts um, for very expensive stuff. 
I think it's um, always been that way, man. I just don't think you realise it when you're a kid. <laughs> so my bank balance is definitely noticing it. But anyway, every advert comes on. I was like, I like that one, Daddy. I like that one, Daddy. I like that one, Daddy. Daddy, I like that. Daddy, Sounds like, like he's that. been going through my uh, email inbox again. Basically, yeah, just go like it, like it, like it, like it, click the link. But it just for some reason it popped in there, and I was like, I bet that's what a Prillia do. They've got like a Tinder of MotoGP riders, and they're just like swiping right or left or whichever fucking way you go. They're yeah, like, this oh, is the oh. thing. I try to make this this Tinder joke a lot, but I don't actually know which way swipes which, Steve. I've never been on it. There's some lads at work who I see on it, and they're just like, shush, shush, shush. fingers are like violin players' elbows. And, and that's actually what their Tinder profile says, isn't it? Basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I realise where that went. <laughs> oh, God, Steve. <laughs> you be careful with that laugh. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't offend anyone with that. You don't. Um, oh. Yes, so I don't know where we are now. Savadori. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> yes, what we know is very little, essentially, on yeah. this, isn't it? And I guess we've just got to wait for it to come out. I'm pretty sure we're not going to see Dovi rocking up at Portimao. Um, oh, my God, imagine if we did. Imagine if Dovi and Mark Marquez just walk into Portimao together. That would be like the Top Gun scene, wouldn't it? Where they're walking across the aircraft carrier. <laughs> yeah. Glasses on, music playing, everyone else has just gone, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. It's got shot of you two. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> yeah right so and, and yeah we just don't know we just don't know but i think it's looking just, likely isn't it that we'll at least see dovi pulling off a wild card every now and again if he's not taking up that full-time ride very soon yeah but i think he will i think he'll have he that will. too yeah i think you're probably right <laughs> <laughs> aprilia will be up to their old tricks and yeah. they will just be like, yeah, we're having you, you, uh, you are the weakest link, goodbye. Yeah, um, right. Sort off. Exactly. Right, then. Um, that's sort of about it for the news. I had a couple of other things I wanted to talk about, but that pretty much covers what we've heard in the last week. There's not really been a huge amount going on, actually. I think everyone after uh the the winter break did like two weekends on the bounce and then we're a bit fried and they're like fuck we need a week off and so yeah the, holiday exactly the entire mogp grid has just gone and taken a nice week off now can't blame them i tried as well but then work called like, where are you oh <laughs> shit <laughs> dicks i've been yeah, desperately trying to catch up on work steve after two weekends of not uh doing anything because of mogp and and formula one um, I'm now terribly far behind. I've got a lot of deadlines due in the next couple of days that I think I'm going to struggle to hit. So it's going to be a lot of late nights and a lot of coffee for me coming up. <laughs> I, I've just got so much work on at work at the minute. It's insane. Yeah. Basically. Oh, that's a good point, Steve. I meant to ask you this before we started recording, but now we're recording. Um, I'm just going to ask you anyway. Um, how How is the boat? Uh, you text me to tell me that you'd had problems with one of your boats. How is it? it did, did it get out the door okay? No, no, it's still in the yard. Um, There's some technical issues, um, (laughs) but it's not bad. Not as bad as what we thought. Basically, a couple of pieces of like the decking wood had got stuck on a little bit wrong. Um, And at a late stage in the build, it's a headache. But we'll get it out. We're going to fix it. It'll be fine. It will go out on time. Okay. 
glorious. It is just when you find it, it just go, eh, shit. Yeah, you just um, have that mad panic. Yeah, yeah, because we're going to have a lot of stuff coming in late. We've had to make little changes to it. It's just going to be, there's a lot of stuff happening this week um, and not enough bodies to do it. Okay. So I might have a few late nights myself. There we go then. So we'll just be texting each other at four in the morning like, oh my God, how are you? Like, I can barely see my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The coffee machine is definitely going to have to be stocked at work. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's it. Um, well, Steve, I'll tell you what could keep you amused during your time at work um, and only once you've listened to this podcast in full, Steve, because I do expect you to do that, is you could maybe listen to the Hollywood and Burn podcast. Mate, I tried that tonight. I was literally, I got that Brody to bed and I was like, right, I'm going to do the washing up and put this podcast on. And then um, I realised the time. I was like, shit, I've got to speak to Tim in a minute. So I got like the 30 seconds of intro or the start of it and that was it. I turned it off. Yeah, so obviously I text you about 15 minutes before. I'm like, I'll just make sure Steve's remembered because there's been a couple of times in the last few weeks where one of us has forgotten what's going on and we're like, fuck, I'm glad you text. I forgot it was Tuesday. And oh, then that big holiday, I was off work on a Monday and it just threw me. I went back to work on the Tuesday. I was like, oh, that's fine. I'll speak to Tim tomorrow night. I'll make some notes later, try and do this, try and do that. And then went to leave work and went and work, went do the podcast. And I was like, fuck are you on about? It's Monday. <gasps> it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it's happened to me a few times, to be fair with Sheree. I'll be going through to the bedroom or whatever, like in the evening. And I'm like taking my jumper off. I'm like, I'm just going to jump in the shower. She's like, you, you're speaking to Steve in 10 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, it's not Tuesday. So like, it's Tuesday. Shit! And then I have to <laughs> run through and get dressed again in a hurry. Um, but yes, that's just a normal thing that happens. I just don't know what day it is. And I have been very lucky in maybe the last... Ooh, I would say the last... Since 2016. So, oh, fuck. Almost the last five years of my life, I've had jobs that mean... Uh, and a lifestyle that has meant I don't have to know what day it is. And that's been fucking wonderful. The amount of times where you could just ask me what day it is, and I'm like, I honestly couldn't tell you. Like, it doesn't I, matter. I love a job like that. It's pretty really nice, is. man. But it just also means that I like I don't remember weeks in their normal pattern. So like the last five years of my life, I'm like, I don't really know what's happened. Like I've worked days, I've worked nights, I've worked weird jobs in weird parts of the world. Like I don't really know what's happened in the last five years. There's a lot of memories in there, but they all kind of just bubble up. But And then I just freak out because I can't remember them all. See, mate, my life is opposite. Mine is like a metronome. It's just alarm at quarter to five in the morning. Go to work, come home, play with the boys, put the boys to bed, play with the boys' toys. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, the, the Hollywood and Burn podcast. So I was put onto this by Callum in the Facebook group. He mentioned this one. And um, when he first said it, I was like, oh, Burn, I assume that's Shaky Burn. I don't know who this Hollywood fella is, but I was like, but I said to him, I was like, I'll get around to listen to it because he told me there's a good Cal Crutchlow episode. So I was like, I'll I'll have a listen to that and we'll we'll see what it's like. And then I finally got around to actually listen to it this week. And um I have to say the Cal Crutchlow episode was great. I think Cal came across really, really well. I think he always does, but um I think it was a very good enlightening show. But the thing I really took away from it was the Hollywood <laughs> of the Hollywood and Burn podcast. It's fucking Paul Hollywood, Steve. Like, I have no idea who that is. Oh, so it's the Paul Hollywood from the Great British Bake Off. 
Oh, him? Yeah. He apparently, as it turns out, is a massive motorcycle fan and a, a like an, a classic car racer, does some endurance racing, does loads of yeah. shit, is friends with Shaky Burn, um, and just decided to do this podcast. And I was listening to him, I'm like, I've literally never heard this man do anything except talk about cakes and pastries. So I'm very confused as to why he's talking to Cal Crutchlow. Um, yeah. But it was very good. And I've only listened to the Cal Crutchlow episode so far, but I suggest that everyone listen to that. Um, and I, if the rest of the show is going to be as good, then it's going to be pretty great, I think. Uh, it seemed to be that it's not just motorcycle-related guests, though. There is guests from different fields, like baking, for example. Fair news. Why not? Yeah, I will give it a listen. I'll probably chuck one episode on the background at work tomorrow. Um, or we'll get around to listening to it eventually. I normally have to slot these things in just where I can. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, I don't get that much time on my own, but I would like to give it a listen. I didn't realise it was the Bake Off, dude. Yeah, I, neither did I until I heard his voice, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, this isn't what I expected at all. But it is, it's actually a really good show, so I did enjoy it. Mm, I will give it a listen. To be fair, I don't watch Bake Off either. Oh, um, I don't watch Bake Off at all, mate. Even though it's a Channel 4 thing now with like Noel Fielding in it, I still the only Bake Off I ever watch is when it's on Gogglebox. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I don't watch that either. Honestly, Gogglebox, mate, is my second favourite TV show. Um, it's it's a cracker. Re- if When someone came up with the idea of a primetime TV show, which was watching other people watch TV, like they must have been called a fucking lunatic, but it's one of the best TV shows I think I've ever seen. I really, really love it. It's it's my favourite TV show. The second favourite, I think, actually. Yeah, second favourite. No, I don't watch that much telly. Really don't. We watch Hollyoaks. Classy um, stuff, Steve. Classy, mate. <laughs> top shelf stuff. You watch Hollyoaks. The young person's soap. Yeah, I quite like it. Um, You'll be graduating to like Cory soon. Uh, maybe. <laughs> That's about it. The rest of the stuff we're a bit random with. We just like chuck on what's over there, watch a movie. Um, yeah, we don't really have anything like we religiously watch. Okay, whereas I, I do religiously watch Gogglebox. I religiously watch First Dates. Love First Dates. Favorite I do TV like show. a bit of Fred. Love it. Yes, Fred Cyrex, the one, the one and only. Um, but aside from those two shows, actually, I kind of just watch whatever appears on Netflix. I watched Seaspiracy the other day, Steve. That was a fucking depressing watch, and I've now gone I, full veggie. No I want to see me. it. At the same time, I don't want to see it. Um, I'm on that boat. I'm fully aware of what's going on. Oh, um, I actually don't think you are fully aware of what was going on. I thought I was fully aware of what was going on. And then after I watched it, I was like, well, fuck me. That's worse than I thought. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's it's worth a watch. But you've kind of got to remember that it's also, it has an agenda. It's not just the... Uh, the, the show certainly has an agenda in why they're showing mm. certain things, but it's sort of showed me enough to realise that maybe I don't need to eat fish. Maybe I shouldn't be eating fish. So here we are. Yeah. See, we don't eat a lot of fish anyway, which is good. Um, yeah. I, I will probably get round to watching it and I will probably shed a tear, um, especially if they start killing Free Willy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know makes me angry that kind of thing so i tend to shy away from it otherwise i get really riled up yeah that's fair mate that's fair um 
let's move it on then, Steve. I just had one last thing I want to talk about, and this was just a little quick thing. I was watching the uh, 2003 British Formula One race uh, the other day because the highlights appeared on YouTube, and I was like, why well, watch the highlights? And I just watched the entire race. So I went and yeah. found the entire race because what else are you supposed to do with a Wednesday evening than watch an old Formula One race? Mm-hmm. So there I was, and there's a point in the race where it just a man just starts running down the circuit, and we've seen this before in racing. This happens occasionally, uh, and, and and often in sports, it's like a streaker or someone doing something ridiculous, which is quite fun. But this one was my personal favourite because he's carrying a sign that you have to pause a few times to try and catch a good glimpse of, and it is 2003. And I thought HD like and TV <laughs> shows were good in 2003. As Hell it turns no. out, uh-uh, they were shit. Um, but it, he's holding a sign about like how you should all read the Bible because the end is nigh kind of thing. And he's nice. dressed in this ridiculous outfit. And it really got me thinking, Steve, that maybe we need a few more religious fanatics to run on the track in a Formula One race, in a, in a MotoGP race. Because I feel like I've never seen that. I've never seen a streaker. I've never seen any of these ridiculous things. We've seen track invasions at the end of a race, but I've never seen any of the ridiculous things that happened that I've seen in Formula One races. No, this is very true. I think, like, um, don't put a track invader on a track in front of Ianone. He'll just nut it. (laughs) Yeah, Um, right. (laughs) If you imagine. (laughs) Protester, fuck him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm not saying I actually want to see this. Obviously, don't want to see this because it's very dangerous for all the people involved. But it's something it occurred to me that I've seen it in Formula One multiple times. I've seen guys on the track if it's just an quote unquote accident, or I've seen guys on track like this fella that is running around with a political message as such. Um, and we've seen it in uh, Iron Man two. Is it two? It is Iron Man mm-hmm. two. You're right. We saw it in Iron Man two, Monaco, um, and but I've never seen it in in MotoGP. All right, right. Movie trivia: Who was the actor that took down Iron Man? Mickey Rourke. Whoa, he gets it. Thank you very much, my friend. <laughs> like it? I really wasn't sure I was going to know the answer to that, and then your face. Then I wish I had that film. She was like <laughs> Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah. I quite liked him, and I know he's had a weird history or something, hasn't he? But I can't really remember what. But I think Mickey Rourke is one of the few actors, when I look at them, I'm like, oh, maybe he is actually as hard as he looks in this film. Yeah, I do like Mickey Rourke. He's really good in The Wrestler. I think the only film I've seen him in is Iron Man 2. Watch The Wrestler. It's very, very good. Is he just as tatted and just yeah. hard man? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I like from him. I quite like the role he played in Expendables as well. I forgot he was in The Expendables, yeah. Yeah, just that little bit. I quite mm. like him. I do like Mickey Rourke as an actor. So, but there we go. Yeah, I'm quite the fan. Um, let's get back on. Let's do that race. indeed. But yes. Um, so, Steve, one last thing in the news before we dive into our Portimao race preview. Um, I would just like to thank everyone who responded to us last week after we asked for uh, feedback on the show. Um it was all very positive, which it was. Is, it's, it's quite nice, actually. I, I appreciate that. Um, and so thank you all very much for getting in touch and letting us know what you thought. Um, I to thank you to all the trolls who got in touch as well. You'll, yeah, I really appreciate that too. Um, but, <laughs> but generally, uh, yeah, it was very good, guys. And everything you said has been very, very useful. So thank you all very, very much for that. Um, Steve, let's take a quick break and then we'll dive into our race preview, shall we? Let's go for it. Good stuff. 
Bear with us, guys. We'll be back in just a moment. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Thank you for bearing with us there, guys. I've just fetched myself a, uh, a weird concoction of vermouth and iron brew. So if anyone Jesus. could tell me what vermouth actually is, that would be fucking great. Because I haven't got a clue, but it's my last bottle of anything that resembled spirits. Mate, that looks rancid. Yeah, that's the iron brew colour. Um, it looks a bit like a strong ale that you've maybe already passed through you once. Um, but it's actually not the most disgusting of drinks i've ever had i quite like iron brew and that seems to be the predominant flavor but um yeah i don't actually know what vermouth is so maybe that's a google for me later maybe it's a good thing you don't know yeah i think it's just like a it tastes almost like a port type drink so i assume it's like a fortified wine but um we won't worry about it the bottle's all in italian so i can't actually tell you what what it is it's fortified wine Okay, there we go. That's pretty much what I said. It's like port, that'll do. Yeah. Vermouth is an aromatised fortified wine flavoured with various botanicals and sometimes coloured. Well, there we go, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Tim and Steve Talk Booze. This does have a little bit of relevance um, to not racing, but a racing place. Um, the modern versions of the beverage were first produced in the mid to late 18th century in Turin, Italy. There we go. See, Italy. Happy days. Italy, we know big racers. Two of the uh, six MotoGP manufacturers are from Italy. Um, We have two races there a year. If you can count Mazzano as Italy, which some people do, some people don't, but we're not going to get into the politics of that today. Um, Yeah, so so relevant to that anyway, Steve. How did you enjoy your break? Was it nice? Yeah, yeah. Had a quick pee, topped a drink. Um, That was about it, really. Yeah. Good stuff. So shall we crack on them with our uh, Portimao race preview? Let's go for it. Good stuff. So this, guys, is going to be a lot like the uh, Qatar race preview we did a few weeks ago. Um, We'll just run through the track. Steve and I will just chat shit for a bit and then... It'll be over, so we'll crack straight on. Um, the This race this weekend is at the Autodromo Internacional du Algarve, a.k.a. Portimao. Um, Portimao being a lot easier to pronounce. And that's why we all stick with Portimao. <laughs> yeah. I know when... 
Sorry, mate, go for it. I was going to say, I know when Formula One went to Portimao uh, last year for the first time, um, Autosport were quite funny because in all of their podcasts, they would not call it Portimao. They were calling it the Algarve circuit, um, yeah. closer to its official name. And then the closer and closer it got, in the end, they called it Portimao because everyone, their style guide said it cannot be called Portimao. And then by the end of it, their style guide had to change because everyone was just calling it Portimao. It's Portimao. Everyone you speak to, it's Portimao. Yeah. I'm crying out loud. Yes, that's not his real name. That's just a nickname given to it. Um, well, that's the name of the closest town, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Portimao. It's Portimao. Yeah, say. exactly. It's Portimao. And that's what we're going to say. And obviously, this is in Portugal. So another race in the Iberian Peninsula, which leaves us. I assume we're having all of the Spanish races this year, are we? So far, yeah. So there we go. So we're five races in the Iberian Peninsula. Like, wow, if you live in Spain or Portugal in any time that isn't COVID lockdown, like, oh, fucking, and you're a MotoGP fan, what a result, happy man. Days. What a result. Absolute happy days. I mean, we, we get one in England, and you're lucky if you get a ticket. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and that one covers the entire of the UK, doesn't it? Like, the, it's yeah. just Silverstone. Um, or we get, obviously, Superbikes at Donington as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, but if you're just purely a MotoGP fan, you know, the minute the tickets go on sale, you're banging that refresh button pretty damn quick. Yeah, and that's true of most countries, to be fair. Imagine if you're a fan who lives in, like, Brazil, a MotoGP Ooh. fan. What are your closest, Texas or Argentina? Like, fuck me. <laughs> like, we, yeah. we think we've got it a bit hard here, but, like, we're still in Europe. <laughs> but no, okay. <laughs> There's a political nightmare. Um, we're still close to Europe. Um, so, like, it's still not far for us. Like, you and I could drive, theoretically, non-stop, and we could be in Portimao probably in a day and a half. Yeah, if we, if we were hop on the tunnel, um, easily we could get... If we won one line it we could be there in 24 hours yeah exactly uh, and that's true of most of the european rounds we could be there pretty yeah. quickly i've always wanted to do the 100 pound car challenge to get to like um say uh Magello. i think yeah. that would be insane that would be an awesome thing to do that would be really great and as you know steve like i um bought my current yellow monster for the mongol rally which was supposed to take mm. place last year um and was cancelled um so i'm now just driving around with my normal car um, but to come next year, um, I should be, again, driving it to Mongolia. Um, so if that works and if it survives, I managed to get it back, Steve. Maybe the following year we should try and hit up some racetracks in it. I think we should, yeah. I think we definitely should. That is a yellow beast. We would stick out. I think that has got to be the plan. Yeah, quite. You and I fixed the windscreen wipers twice now, so that's good. So they should probably be okay. <laughs> if not, mate, one of us just can hang out and just push that thing over. Yeah, well, I've always got one wiper that works. So it's always the passenger side one. Annoying, but at least you've got one. You've just reminded me that I had a follow-on to my car trouble story from two podcasts ago that I was going to tell you last week. Oh, go on, Steve. Now is the time before we get too deeply into our Portimao uh, preview. Right. So I previously said that I've been driving down a road going to Edford, I think it was, with Neil in his shitty car. And the gear stick had come out. Yeah. Previous to this incident, we're a couple of young lads. We get hungry a lot. So we passed a Golden Arches. Right. We're having a drive-thru. But as we approach the drive-thru, Neil turns around and starts reversing in. Why are you reversing into the drive-thru? He's reversing into a drive-thru McDonald's. Yeah. 
That's actually, to be fair to him, if he managed to do that without mounting a single curb on the way in, I'm going to be pretty impressed with the lad's driving because they are tight turns and a lot of high curves throughout a drive in McDonald's. Not a thing, mate. Not a scrub. Reason for this, his window didn't go down. That's the best thing ever. So yeah. he so he got you to order everything. Oh, yes, yeah, so he ordered, got you to order everything. We pulled in backwards, and so I'm facing the wrong way, looking at this dude oh in the God, window. That's so good. The bloke was just like, lads, you can't drive in here. Look, we didn't drive in, mate. That's amazing. That's my favorite. Did, did he not have back windows? Yeah, but that's not the point. That's not, and this is probably in the day where you'd have to lean back and unwind them, right? There's no just button on your driver's side door. This was full of surfboards and all sorts of shit. Okay. There was I no like way that. we'd get them back. That's a good, did you get served your McDonald's? Yeah. And that's the important thing, Steve, yeah. as long as you've got your Big Macs. Uh, the best thing was the people looking at us in the car, technically behind us in the queue. Yeah, it's a weird thing. They're behind you in the queue, but literally in front of you. Uh, but you're in front of them in the queue and literally in front of them. It's a weird yeah. one. As we went past all the windows, you see these people like, what the fuck are these two doing? Yeah, and I, I'm just impressed with the driving. Like I say, if he didn't mount a single curve on the way around... The... He got that beast in there, and that was a long old tank. He fucking knows what he's doing, mate. Is he the stick? Mm-hmm. That's the question. No, he's definitely not the stick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's the end of my story. We went okay, so back, back to Portimao then. Um, Portimao, um, F- F- FP1 takes place on Friday the 16th. Uh, this is MotoGP FP1. Um, and it's at 5 to 10 local time. Local time is GMT plus 1. Um, go on the MotoGP website, guys, and just look at the schedules, and you can click uh, local time or your time, and that'll tell you say, I'll give you an option for your reason, uh, region. Yeah, it gives you exactly. all real time. I'm so not going to try and get it all right, because every time I try and get it right, even for my own time zone, I get it wrong. So I'm not going to put you all through that too. Um, come Saturday, Q1 takes place at 10 past 2 local time, with Q2 taking place at 25 to 3 local time, both of these in the afternoon. Um, come Sunday, it's the race at 1pm local time. Again, GMT plus 1, work it out. You guys know what's going on. All right, yes, just go on your region, pop it in, you'll find it, it's fairly... Yeah, exactly. The MotoGP website says it all anyway. And I do remember very much the, um, I don't use Instagram anymore, but uh, the VR46 Instagram account, um, not the Valentino Rossi one, the team VR46 Mm. Instagram account, uh, always used to share a really nice map that showed you the race start times for all of the races uh, in your location, in your time zone. So maybe they still do that. That might be worth looking into. That's quite a nice resource, actually. Having a quick look. Yeah, they did it for the last one. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, check out them out on Instagram. They'll give you all of that. Um, as far as the circuit goes, the Portimao circuit, it is a 2.85 mile circuit. For all those of you speaking metric, that's 4.6 kilometers. Um, it's got 15 corners, six of them are left handers, nine of them are right handers. So, this is a clockwise circuit. It's an 18 meter wide circuit, Steve. The more I look at these circuits, and Qatar was similar, when you look at them, you're like, fuck, they are wide. Really? Well, Qatar was 12 meters wide, wasn't it? This has got an extra six on it. Oh, was Qatar only 12? Yeah, I'm sure it was 12. Okay, so this is much wider then. Um, Let's have a quick gander. I'm sure it was. You're doing that now, are you? Oh, I, I'm going to go 
back to the original show notes. Qatar one. Here we go. Qatari, Qatari, Qatari. They won't be in Qatar one notes, mate. They'll be in the show before that. Which I was going to be... say, yeah, I just <laughs> got that wrong. Where are we? There we are. Show notes. You've got it. Happy days. So you're about to tell us how wide Qatar is. Was it 12 it meters? Uh, it is. I was right. 12 meters wide. Look at that. So this is an extra 50% on that 18 meter wide circuit. It's That's really insane. fucking wide. The room I'm sitting in is three meters wide, maybe. Yeah. And I'd be like, right, well, if you were racing down a front stretch this the size of this room, you could get three or four bikes next to each other easily. It's about doing a quick bit of mass from what my, this room is. That one's the same. That one's, it's about the width of my entire house of conservatory. Wow. See, that's pretty massive. Yeah, you could it's, get the entire grid just side by side in your house, I'm sure. We pretty much could. Your house we is pretty passed. long and thin, isn't it? Yeah. You could pretty much get... I'm sure this room's... Uh, yeah, it, my house is off the top of my head 17 point something metres wide. Oh, there we go. I think all, everyone listening actually really missed what I got to experience there, Steve, which was the look of concentration on your face as you really tried to do the maths there, because it, it was something quite impressive. I really thought you were going to like break the Enigma code or something, just top <laughs> of your head, done, physics, solved it, all of it. All of it? Got yep, it. solved it all. Equal, uh, oh, I can't speak now, I've had a stroke. There um, we are. <laughs> it was going to be an E equals MC squared, was it, thrown in there? That was going to be something. But I was dying. What I was actually doing was try to count quickly the metre-wide tiles on my conservatory floor, which now go through my kitchen as well. Oh, that's pretty handy. Yeah, and then remember how wide my living room is. Yeah, well, just guess at that point, Steve. No one knows. I wouldn't even know. You could tell me it was two metres. You could tell me it was 12 metres. I'd believe you either way, and I've been in there. So, yeah, I think. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, so Qatar, a wide, not Qatar for fuck's sake. Here we go, Portimao, a wide, wide track, eighteen meters wide. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a hard one to even visualize eighteen meters in it. All I can say, guys, is next time you're walking down the road, just take eighteen really long steps, and that's pretty yeah. much eighteen meters, unless you're freakishly tall or freakishly short. <laughs> Um, the longest straight is 969 meters, very close to a kilometer there. Mm. Um, so a decent straight. We'll see some Ducati Grunt. We saw Jack Miller have a really good result here last year. Um, so I think we can expect at least one of the Ducatis to be having a good result. Um, now the general circuit stats as we were planning to go through each year are going to be pretty boring on this one uh the circuit first appeared on the calendar last year Uh, (laughs) and the most wins of the circuit go to miguel Oliveira with one one. (laughs) i tried looking up some interesting stats and it was just like so limited we've only been there once i was like well we already know what it is yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it? You're like, well, there's not really a lot to talk about here. The outright lap record is a 138.892, goes to Miguel Oliveira. Uh, the race lap record is a 139.855, goes to Miguel Oliveira. And the right. whole lap record, you might recognize this, Steve, is a 138.892. Can you guess who it goes to? Uh, Dovi. 
Miguel Oliveira. Oliveira. <laughs> I know. I really wanted us to like, be able to do, we're going somewhere that's like steeped in history, you get like fanfares and all that <laughs> shit. But it's so limited because I've only been there once. Mm-hmm. And like we were saying before we started recording, I always think, we, we, we think of racetracks and I think of somewhere steeped in history and glory. And, you know, there's been epic races built up over many years and it's got like pre-World War One legacy to it. And then we find out this is built in 2008. Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? Because like we were saying, like I thought... And when we went there last year in both Formula One and MotoGP, it felt like one of those old school classic yeah. European tracks. It felt like Assen. It felt like Imola. It felt like one of those, oh, yeah, this is good. I'm feeling this. Look how look how it hits the undulations of the mm. world around it. There's uphill, there's downhill, there's sweeping corners. It And it looks stunning. But then I guess when you dive into it, you look at how wide the track is. That's a very new thing to have a really wide track. But yeah, 2008 surprised me. It's only like a 13-year-old circuit. Like, it's not been there long at all. No, they're still dusting the first coat of, like, paint off the tarmac. Yeah, um, exactly. Once, you know, if a circuit's never had to be re-tarmacked, it's a new circuit. Although yeah. I think Portimao was re-tarmacked, actually, for last I year. I think it was, yeah. yeah it was. Re-tarmac it. But, you know, Stupid analogy. <laughs> yeah, but it's that kind of thing, you know. It's had five surfaces, a reshuffle of the track. You know, they've had to change this and change that because, yeah, I don't know. exactly. It can't be a 38-kilometre track through the woods anymore, so we're going to have to shrink it down. Yeah, you know, we've got to be conservative here. We've got to bring it down to 29. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> um, you know, it's so new, it's fresh. It's a baby track. It's in its infancy. Yeah, um, quite. I guess it's a younger track than Donington, isn't it? Uh, way younger than something like Silverstone that you were, you, yeah. know, you and I know. Um it's it's one of the younger tracks in Europe, certainly, but it has that feel of a classic, doesn't it? It because, does. And this, the undulations on it, man. It, oh. Like we said, you think it's somewhere steeped in history, and it's such a young track, we're living through what it's going to become the history, which is quite nice. You know, someone's going to be sitting doing whatever version of a podcast is done in 70 years' time uh, when we're long gone, and they're going to think, oh, you know, they're going to talk about this as the glory, not the glory days, but the first stages mm. of racing here. That's so we're fair. quite lucky. I think we're quite lucky to see like what's going to become a future classic. Yes, certainly. And it has that feel to it, doesn't Because it does. of the undulations, it's not a flat, boring track. It's not somewhere like Qatar, which no. is quite a, I mean, Qatar's a fine race but it's a it's quite a boring circuit it's very flat bowling ball flat uh, and this has just got that feel that you're like this is a circuit that could really stand the test of time and it's visually and i do think i went back and i watched both the MotoGP and the formula one race from last year dawner need to pay attention to what liberty media of formula one were doing with their camera setups hey, you said this last year as the well the camera setup in formula one was so much better and maybe that only works because it's cars as opposed to bikes so you can put the cameras in different places get the best angles i don't know i'm not a director um but the formula one, the formula one camera angles just made the circuit look even better than it is and if any of you haven't yet watched the formula one race in there last year as far as I remember, to be honest, it wasn't a race that was a stunner, but just visually is amazing. And it's it's definitely worth just just watching it to see the track from different angles, which is something I've realized. I sort of always assume, Steve, that when you watch racing at circuits, they have this is the way you put your cameras. This is how you film it. 
But that's not the case, as I learned last year, because different series will film from different locations. Yeah, I think they go for whatever gives them the best for their class, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like you said, I was thinking about the camera angles from last year. And like we saw, I can't remember if it's turn 10, the massive dip where the guy just will pop in air. We saw Aaron Cannett slide over the top of it where he had his oh, crash. Where was that? I always remember the front straight for being just that up onto the straight into the camera shot and then down again and out of it um yeah but yes i remember exactly what you mean that but was the iron cannon crash that one but i was thinking like if you could get um you see it in formula one where the helicopter follows the cars from the side or from the side in the front so it's sort of like at the point of one of the front wheels if you could get a camera to follow that but follow with it so you've got the You've got to appreciate the undulation and how steep that hill is. Yeah. Oh, could... that would be so good. I see what you mean. So if you could come side on. So instead of, we always look at the bikes coming over the crest of the hill. So you're on the rider's right-hand side. Yeah. But I would flip that to come on in on the left-hand side, be at the same kind of angle. But you would come up the crest with them and down and yeah. then follow that curve round to the left. A bit like we get a Saxon ring with the waterfall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. But you could keep that you get to appreciate the elevation. So you come up, you follow it down, and then that camera would pan round to the left, or I think it's left corner after that, and then you would see the bikes disappear, and then the next camera would pick it up on the next right-hander and do the same thing. Yeah, preferably without a ridiculous advert just there in the gravel trap. Yeah, fuck the adverts, leave those out, let's appreciate the ratio. <laughs> but if, that, if I was directing it, that's sort of how I'd have it, so you could appreciate yeah. the undulations, because the MotoGP camera coming over that hill is very static. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm I think maybe eat. in the future we'll get the idea, like, because uh, it sort of surprised me we don't already do this, is just scrap the helicopter. Why don't we just have a shitload of drones flying around? Like, yeah. you could, and I, I sort of do understand that if the wind blows, a drone can go down. If a drone goes down the track, well, that's not good news for anyone involved. Um, but it's not going to be long until drones are as reliable, if not more reliable, than the helicopter. And you could have hundreds uh, of them flying around at the same time, maybe even controlled by algorithms. Every rider could have their own drone just following them all the time. It would make some really stunning footage. And it would make, for exactly what you're saying here, it would really accentuate the elevation rises and drops of every circuit because you could have a drone that would, say, fly a meter above the track. But it would then, as the track drops, the drone's going to drop and it could follow really nicely. As long as it's not getting in the dri- the rider or driver's eye line, great. It would be really good. Yeah, if you nice did it with track. algorithms, like you say, you could have a GPS pinpointer on that drone, which kept it a certain distance and it only went within a certain prefixed area. Yeah, and then exactly. the rider's next drone could pick that up in the next area. So they'd always have a camera on them. Yeah, Maybe we should... Let's delete this bit out of the show. <laughs> Steve, neither you and I can write an algorithm that's good enough for these drones. <laughs> if someone wants to go ahead and do it, at least this show is out there in the world to know it was our idea first, and then we can sue them for intellectual property. Yeah, I'm just I'm thinking, you know, maybe we're on to something here. Because let's say, for instance, um, Greta's been in touch, and she wants um, Dorna to offset their carbon footprint a bit. Ditch the helicopter, which is chugging up a load of particle fuel. And then you've got all these lovely, eco-friendly, electric, solar-powered drones. Quite. You could just charge them off the uh, Formula E, not Formula E, uh, Moto E um, battery banks. Ooh, ideas. There we go. Saving the world and directing the cameras. Look at that. There we go. This, Steve, is why you and I should be running Dorna. 
we should, or at least be in there with a big suit on, get paid big bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we'd still do the podcast because we love you all. And that's sort of the point, isn't it? Because the podcast is my excuse to swear about things and not get told off for it. Oh, I, I get told off quite a bit for swearing. It's not good. But at, at work or at home or just in general? Uh, just in general. Just, just literally everywhere I go? Pretty much. I normally walk in a room. Oh, fuck it. And Sarah goes, kids! I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's because you're constantly wearing a T-shirt. There's just like, people are cunts written on it. That's why, Steve, you've already got swear words on your T-shirts. Pretty much. Um, I anyway. actually had a. Uh, <laughs> I'm going. I'm keeping this tangent going. Uh, I had a friend in high school. I say I had a friend. I'm still friends with him now. His mum used to wear a murder dolls t-shirt. I think and it was a murder dolls hoodie, and I think it said something on the back like "Everyone's a cunt." Nice. Um, it was something like that. And she, me, and this guy had gone to see the murder dolls in Norwich. No, we hadn't. We'd gone to see Wednesday Thirteen in Norwich. Uh, Joey Jordison had left Motor Dolls morphed into Wednesday 13. We went to see Wednesday 13 and his mum picked us up wearing a Murder Dolls t-shirt. So, you know, I thought that was cool as fuck because obviously my friend's mum is wearing not not the band I've just seen, but the, the previous iteration of the band I've just seen t-shirt. Obviously, my friend thought this was terribly embarrassing because his mum was trying to be cool. <laughs> um, but on the way home, we got pulled for speeding. And uh, she got asked to step out of the car. And as she stepped out of the car, the police were like, whoa, what is your jumper saying? And she's like, uh, everyone, everyone's a cunt. She's like, and they got fucking really arsy about it. They were like, you need to take that off. She's like, I'm not stripping out here. It's cold. And I've got two teenagers in the car. And I'm not wearing anything under this. You can't make me take my jumper off. And the police were pretty, it was quite a fun little back and forth to watch, really. And she did win, which was impressive. Oh. It's a matter of opinion, isn't it? What causes offence? Um, like I've got my T-shirt uh, that just basically says "fuck cancer" on the front. Mm. But there's a certain supermarket in town that do not like that. Really? You've been told off for wearing it? Yeah, but us to remove it. No. Yeah. Yeah. It would be really good if you took it off and just had "fuck cancer" written in like sharpie on your chest. You're like, All right. I should do that. I should do that. I did take it off, and then I got told to cover up. <laughs> So I just went and helped myself to a t-shirt from the clothing hole. Nice. That's the way to do it. I assume you weren't chopping in Waitrose at the time. No. 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 Yeah, we all know what supermarket that is then. Um, no, they don't like us in Waitrose. <laughs> no. I got. Um, I didn't get ID'd, actually, because I had my arms out with my tattoos on show. But Cherie got ID'd in Waitrose um, it, last year. And uh, when I, I gave them my ID... And they're like, oh, yeah, 28, fair enough, or 29, whatever it was. Uh, and then they looked at Cherie, and she was like, I haven't got my ID. And Cherie's six months older than I am. Also with tattoos on show. And they were like, oh, we can't serve you then. I was like, right, well, this is weird. Cherie's like, I'm 29 years old. The woman just went, well, you are very pretty. She was like, you don't have to be fucking under 18 to be pretty. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Fired her up now, love. <laughs> yeah. Look what you've done. Quite. Let's kill um, back in a while. You deal with this shit, love. I'm off. Yeah, exactly. Look I was like, I'll come done. pick up the beer later. And then we realized it was actually cheap to go to Sainsbury's anyway. So that's where we went. Fair dues. Um, anyway, Steve, race distance for Portimao. Um, the MotoGP are going to cover 25 laps of Portimao. That's 71.3 miles or 114.8 kilometers. 
Moto2 will cover 23 laps, being 65.6 miles or 106.6 kilometers, and Moto3 are covering 21 laps, 59.9 miles and 96.4 kilometers. It's quite a short circuit, actually, I realized, if uh, Moto3 are covering 21 laps. Mm. It is quite a short, short run. Um, average, I think it sort of comes in middle for length. It's not long, it's not short-ish. Well, um, I think it's the lower end, isn't it? Because what is the uh, Saxon ring hits the absolute minimum. I think that's 2.3 miles. Yeah, that is the shortest one. Silverstone's the longest. Um, so I think yeah, this is... Silverstone, four point something miles? Uh, three points. I, th- I still think it's three miles. Um, oh, is it? I don't okay. think it's quite four. Um, I'll find out. Talk among yourselves. Okay, when we say talk amongst yourselves, you mean Tim talk and fill the time whilst while Steve does the Googling. Um, yeah, basically, um, it would help if I put silvers in circuit length, distance. Yeah, that's good, because otherwise you're just going to get the, uh, the Silverstone website, really, and that's probably not going to be much use to you at this point. Oh, I haven't got the um, conversion, but it is... Uh, lost it. Shit. Oh, it was so close, Steve. I'm so impressed. This is some real on-the-fly research going on, on here. It is on the cusp. It is 5.891 kilometres. 5.819k in miles. Let's just Google that quickly then. We'll let my computer do its job. 3.6 miles. Right. Eh? I'm sure it's longer than that. Oh, well. Um, I thought it was like 3.9, but 3.6 sounds about right. Yeah, we'll go with 3.6. That's that's close enough. So it's actually shorter than I thought it was. I thought it was like 4.3. Um, but that is certainly, is it the longest or at least one of the longest? It is. I'm pretty sure it's the longest circuit on the track. Okay. So, so yeah, it's got, there is a variation there, isn't there? 3.6. There's a lot, the, yeah. There's a lot of variation between the tracks you go to. They have an average distance. You don't want too long. Um, no, well, the average race time is 45 minutes, isn't it? 45 yeah. minutes and we'll get the most, we'll just lap until we've hit the 45 minute mark. Basically. Um, right, Steve. Predictions for the sh- for the for the race in Portimao. What are you thinking? I you've already got mine in front of you, so I will go first. I am thinking an Oliveira win. I'm thinking Miller second, and I'm thinking Vinales third. Uh, with as we've discussed, Mark Marquez, I think will finish fifth. I am going. I've got to go with Oliveira because I desperately want to see him win again. I want to see the Portuguese fans go. With- mental for him i kind of um, just want to see uh adriano in the facebook group just have a little weep because that, i think he might and i, I just kind of want to see that so i'm gonna really root for it i moved Oliveira to my fantasy squad i'm fully i'm more committed to Oliveira for this race than i was for miller in the previous race i i, I just i seriously want to see him do well here i think the portuguese fans deserve it um so i think Oliveira from zarco from Frankie. From Zarco. From Frankie. Oh, so you've gone for the almost the opposite of me. I thought that obviously Miller did very well in last year, as did as did Frankie. But I was like, I don't think Frankie's gonna do it again. You've obviously think he will, and you don't think that uh that Miller is gonna do so. Instead you think the the, the Ducati that will will be Zarco. I think Zarco's um gonna come out as a real, real dark horse this year. Um, I'm liking the way he's, uh, he's performing so far, and the same with Frankie. I think you know Frankie did well here, although it was at the end of the season last year, and he had time to build up. I just think I don't know. 
I think he just could come on Swang Song from what he knows from last year. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go with Frankie. And of course, we'll probably both be wrong and we'll be we'll seeing be weird, like wrong. Marquez win, Rossi second, followed by Petrucci in third or something strange. Dobby. Um, Dobby. <laughs> uh, but yes, and, and you're thinking Mark Marquez is going to finish eighth place, right? Yep. It's going to be an exciting one, mate. I cannot wait to see him back on track. I'm already looking forward to next Tuesday when we get to talk again. It's like, we were so wrong. Yeah, exactly. Because I think we're going to be very wrong. But I don't know. I think this is this is the the it's most likely f- outcome my brain is seeing. And and the idea that we're both going for Oliveira, I think anyone that's betting against Oliveira at this point is probably making an error. I'd love to be in Portugal in a proper, like, dedicated, well, just any bar. Because I'm sure everyone will be watching this. In a non-COVID and- world. Yeah, if we could travel safe, I'd love to be out in Portugal and just watch what the Portuguese people are doing, how much they're getting behind them. Yeah, quite. From from what we understand, speaking to a few Portuguese fans, is that people are really, really on board with MoGP and really on board with with Oliveira. Yeah, I'd just like to be in there appreciating and feeling that atmosphere. Yeah. That's my prediction. There we are then. So, guys, I think, Steve, that actually brings us to the end of the show pretty much. I think we're there, buddy. That's a very short one this week because there's no race to talk about. There's not, it's there's not news. that short. Uh, it's still a bit did. shorter than the last few weeks, but it's still longer than uh, certainly our early iterations of the show, which we tried to keep below an hour. But now it's just like, let's just chat and see what happens. Let's just go for it. Um, but no, that's good. I, quite, I just can't wait for this weekend. Yeah, I know. I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. So, guys, if you have anything you want to ask us, if you want to tell us our predictions suck, if you want to let us know you enjoy the show, or if you just want to troll us about how terrible the show is, you can do all of those things, and you can uh, reach us on... We are, for the love of MotoGP, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook group. Come and join us. Get involved. Get hit the like hit the subscribe join the conversations come and have a chat um or you can email us drop us an email at for the love of motor gp at gmail.com oh he's still nailing it every time Flawless. that's very very good so i just while you were saying that i just got a text from a friend about tinder and i haven't actually read the whole text but i got a bit intrigued for a moment and i was like fuck i think i've missed steve get the get the email right or wrong and i don't know what to say and then i heard you do it and i was like oh that's okay he nailed it that's fine <laughs> it's right there um good stuff guys so steve's just listed through those things for us if, if you have anything you want to say to us you find us on all of those channels um if you want to join our fantasy league you can do so um by following the link i will put in the show notes or if you don't want to follow links for some weird reason um you can go to the motogp.com you can navigate through um to the game hub then to fantasy league and then use the code 79wjkyn7 you have to remember that. I'll also put that into the show notes for you. Um, that's it then, Steve. Anything else you want to say? Any final thoughts on, on anything uh, MotoGP related, Steve? I can't think of anything. Um, not off the top of my head. I've just, yeah, 
stoked for this weekend. Good stuff. I do have a final thought, and um, that is exactly what you pointed out to me in the break, Steve. Um, and that is that if you're new to MotoGP, we actually have an introduction to MotoGP episode. And if you've made it this far into the show without knowing what the fuck we've been talking about, I'm very, very impressed. But you can go back, search for our introduction to MotoGP show, and that'll teach you everything you need to know. Plus, you'll get to hear me so drunk, I cannot even say the name of the show. So, almost worth it just for that and eventually i will learn to do that in the introduction to the show and and you guys won't have to put up with that at the end but until then thank you all very very much for listening guys stay safe out there um remember fist bumps elbow bumps we're still living in the covid world as much as we're all starting to think we're opening up it's still not great out there. So none of them handshakes, guys. Look after each other. Stay safe. And we will speak to you next week after Portimao, guys. Goodbye. Have a great one. And enjoy the race weekend. Take care, guys. Speak to you all later. Bye-bye. Music is by Andrew Greenwood. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.